Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Sensibly Loud Radio. I am your temporary host, J-Mac, and I am joined by Caitlin Peachy. Caitlin, what's going on? Not much, man. I'm excited to be on here with you. Me too. We're uh, filling in for Carl and Brandon this week. Brandon's gallivanting somewhere on the East Coast, I think North Carolina, and Carl's out doing God knows what. So we're going we're gonna to fill in this week. I'm excited, though. We're going to talk top 10 Treehouse of Horrors episodes. We're both probably the biggest Simpsons fans that each other knows. Is that fair? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the the references that go between you and I's texts are just out, outrageous all the time, and they're always so weirdly minuscule and odd that only only someone like us would get it, right? They apply to very like niche pieces of our day. I mean, just like you going through sexual harassment training the other day. Exactly, just all kinds of Simpsons quotes all over the place. You know, it's just you can't get away from it. We've done top ten characters or like ancillary characters. I know you'll get to that at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. But this, uh, it's Halloween time. Like Halloween, Halloween's on what Thursday? Thursday, and, yeah. Season. Are you excited? Do you like Halloween? Are you a big Halloween person? You know, I'm a fall person. Uh, like, okay, the full disclosure. Growing up, I was I grew up in a very sheltered household, which you know because you grew up next to me, right? So we weren't really allowed to like super celebrate Halloween. Really so, interesting. Yeah, I mean, like we dress up and we go to like the houses that we knew, and then we go to like our church's carnival, but like, yeah. we didn't really like put a whole lot of emphasis on it so like i like it but it's not like i mean i like it for the candy corn that's about it definitely so, so like it was more of a trunk or treat type situation for you correct yeah, yeah. it wasn't like the full-on spiders and witches and sure all that i think that's fair and I, like i was somewhere kind of across between those two like i definitely went out around the neighborhood and stuff like that trick-or-treat and whatnot but like it was never my favorite holiday in the world, but I don't hate it by any stretch of the imagination either. I mean, it's candy, it's, you know, fun costumes, all that kind of stuff. I've just never been a huge costume person, and I think that's probably my problem with it. That's fair. Like, yeah, I just... Austin's not either. just seems like a lot of work. <laughs> it is you a know? lot of work, man. And like, you gotta come up with a theme, and you gotta decide if you wanna buy it or if you're gonna make it, and uh, Yeah, and it just never, time. Lo- never looks good if you buy it. It's just, you gotta, you gotta make it to really put the work in, and I, I don't know. I, I just, it's never been my favorite. And it's kind of funny because when I look at like the Simpsons as a whole, um, these are not even some of my favorite episodes, but some of the inner, the, you know, so there are each of these episodes for, for those who don't really aren't so familiar, each of the Treehouse of Horrors episodes, which are like the Halloween version of the Simpsons episodes are like three panels of many episodes long. And so like it, they're very hit and miss for me, but the ones that hit, hit very hard. I think that's, that's kind of where you're at too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, tree hor- I, I was having a, a little bit of a hard time trying to f- figure out like what my favorite episodes were. I, my top one 
is for sure my my top episode. Okay. But the rest of them can kind of go in flux, like these, like we were talking about, just depending on the day, depending on when you ask me, I can make you know. make a different case. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it seems like that's kind of the story of this show is that. It, it never like I, we were laughing last night. We, Claire and I were driving somewhere, and we were talking about Wiggum. Well, we were talking about that damn thing that I sent you off of Instagram, where it had a poo's feet sticking out of the squishy machine, and <laughs> and you know uh, Wiggum sitting there eat, you know, drinking a squishy, and it's like what? drinking a squishy. Yeah, and it's like, oh, how long were you going to tell me, Lou, that he wasn't in there? You know, we were just dying, and it's just it's. Like there's so many things like that where it's like I love Wiggum because it's like he's the epitome of like what everybody thinks a cop is, but it doesn't pick on the obvious things. Like there's the donut eating and stuff like that, but it's just the incompetence level of the fact that he's the police chief. You know, it, it pervades every aspect of his career. It really does, and it just like it always creeps in of like, oh my god, he's the, my favorite character right now, or like so you know, Krusty. I love Krusty. You know, like all these different pe- people like. It comes up so often in day to day life, and what the thing that I always love about these Halloween episodes too is that they're so like they're so odd, and it just a lot of times feels like they've really sat on an idea for a long time and wanted to make it work somehow and couldn't really figure it out, and they just decide to put it in there. Yeah, I agree. Which there's I nothing agree. wrong with that because they do it well. They come up with some of the greatest ideas on that show. Period. And while we don't necessarily appreciate, I I think I speak for us both here. While we don't necessarily as much appreciate some of the newer episodes. I mean, it's just not, it's not the same, but it's still good writing. It's still well done. I mean, there's a reason it's still on the air. Yeah. They get creative with it. Like, and we'll get into this a little bit later on, but what's been interesting over the last couple of days, watching some of the Treehouse of horror episodes, which by the way, you probably know this, but FXS has like all of the Treehouse of horror episodes going from now until Halloween. So I've been, watching that a little bit and catching up. So like the, the later episodes are kind of fun in that, like they, they very much speak to more recent pop culture. Whereas, I mean, like, like the Simpsons episodes themselves back in the day, they spoke to like nineties pop culture. Yeah. And so like, we can catch some of those references, but the newer ones for sure. So um, you're not you in know, the cell phone era yet. And that changes a lot of how, like, it's weird for me to see like a, a, consistent mobile phone type situation on the Simpsons because it was just before that for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. So um, I think it's kind of interesting because like they they have a lot of creative latitude with the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Like you said, they can kind of get a little bit more creative with it, whereas they have to stick to more of like a distinct storyline with the regular episodes. Yeah. So I was listening to something the other day where Conan was talking about how because the, the first two seasons, they didn't lead off with the Treehouse of Horrors episodes, but every other season they have now. Right. And Conan was talking about how like they made that switch, and that seemed like the obvious way to do it. And it's like, it does. It does kind of yeah. seem that way. Makes sense. But yeah, yeah. so we're going to go through top 10 stuff, and I'm sure we'll kind of tangent off of there. Obviously, I'd imagine... So before we get there, what is your like sweet spot of this show? So like, when is your... like? I know you go longer than I do, but like, what's your cutoff for like... The Simpsons was good. I watched it all the time. I've seen every one of these multiple times versus like maybe I've seen them a few times here and there. Um, I think probably season 12 is about where like after that I stopped 
like I'll, I'll still watch them. Like, uh, so I have all the DVD sets in, um, I don't know if the listeners know this or not, but like I watch the Simpsons every night to go to sleep. <laughs> so yeah. I have every DVD set from season one to season 17, I believe, or 18. Okay. Um, so once I start getting into 13 to 17, that's when it's like, oh yeah, I remember this one. This happened versus yeah. like I can sit there and quote the whole damn episode like on all the rest of them. Don't have to watch it. You can just listen and know. Right. Yeah. So I'm the same way. I own probably I, but I own one through maybe 13, something like that. I don't have. Uh, I don't. I didn't go quite as far as 17, and I, I don't know. Like whenever like you start getting into some of the storylines on the show of like the, like I always think back to like the. Uh, the episode whenever they keep getting hit by the gas and they end up in the leper, like Homer ends up in the oh, leper yeah. colony and all that, and they just keep getting hit with the gas and all that stuff. Like that's about where it started to tail off for me. Yeah. So like probably right around that season 12, 13 era. So I forgot about that episode. And you can tell <laughs> oh go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say see you again. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that episode. You yeah, know, there's like, so many of them like that. And yeah. And like part of that is because they took the writers off the show to to write the Simpsons movie. And so like it def like you can see where it gets pretty wild pretty quickly. But yeah. I think that for the thing that I appreciate the most about this show, and I, I've been over this before, and you can I'll let you plug in here too, but the thing that I've always appreciated the mo- the most about the show is its simplicity in itself and like the wholesomeness that Homer's at the end of the day, always a family man. He never really cheated on Marge. He, ne- I mean, I don't know what happened in later seasons, but like he never cheated on Marge. He never, he never broke some of those cardinal things that keep a family together. Even though he did just some unbelievable crap, but like unbelievably stupid. But they but always yeah. kept it within a good family dynamic. Like you always know that Homer is a family man. Always. Yes. It yes. just he doesn't always put that for first and foremost, but he's always a family guy. <laughs> Like when he was fishing that one time when he was on the on the retreat with Marge, he's like, "Gotta be a good husband. Gotta yeah. be a good husband." <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, I I mean, is that kind of would you kind of articulate that same way? Like, is that is that kind of your feeling on it as well? Yeah, and I feel like that's part of what's kept it relevant for thirty years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I mean, like it has such broad appeal. I, I like, <laughs> I, I just got back from spending time with Austin's grandmother mm-hmm. and we were watching Treehouse of horror over there and she was cracking up. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's just that, like I said, broad appeal. Uh, it, and that's what's kept it alive for, for so long, but. And they're, they're kind of timeless. A lot of, a lot of them too. Cause like some of them make fun of like Frankenstein and, you know, different like movies and, and things like that, that are pop culture, you know, classics that people always go back to. Well, and, think back to like the King Kong episode <laughs> with Marge's, uh, the heroine and, and, and like, I mean, stuff like that, like that, I mean, grandparents remember when that came out. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So seeing that in cartoon form is kind of a hoot. It really is. It really is. So, all right. Well, that's kind of where we are on it. Let's jump in. We're going to start at 10 and we'll count down to one. And I guess the the main rule will be if you get to that episode first, then you get to talk about it. Okay. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay. So I'll let you start off with your number 10. Okay. My number 10 is going to be House of Wax. Hmm. So that's the one with Pierce Brosnan as the voice of the house. Okay, yeah. Okay. So what all so, happens in this thing? It starts off by this little like robo salesman coming to the door and uh 
and Homer tries to shut the door on him and he like sticks his foot in the door and it like spreads like the door jam and the door apart and it's got like this little like robotic mechanism to make it where like he can't (laughs) he can't close the door on him so they end up buying what they what they think is a smart house Mm -hmm. so it's a like it's got all these bells and whistles. It'll start a bath for you with a jacuzzi. It like cleans up all your dishes for you. It does all kinds of stuff. So anyway, they start tinkering with it once they get it. And uh, the house talks to them, but it's Pierce Brosnan's voice. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, Pierce Brosnan as the house kind of starts to develop a crush on Marge. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, meanwhile, uh, he's trying to figure out how to get rid of Homer so they can be together. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so just a calamity of things happen yep. with the house so, trying to retaliate. So, uh, the house keeps trying to kill Homer. And uh, meanwhile, Marge figures it out. So, it ends up with uh, them, like, they take uh, the central unit or what was it? It was like the British charm unit out of the, the central processing unit of the house. And so that takes away Pierce Brosnan's voice and puts in a voice. that's like, eh, thanks a lot. Ass wipe. (laughs) (laughs) Very Italian sounding. They give it to, to Patty and Selma. And so they're like sitting on the couch talking about their job at the DMV and the, the, thing starts to try to kill itself because it can't handle, <laughs> Cause it, can't handle it because it's either that or macgyver talk yeah yeah that's yep. awesome yeah i've only seen that one like once but that's a great episode yeah yeah that one is that or that that mini panel is a great one and i love that i love the way that they were able to incorporate like that movie disney smart house into a simpsons episode is pretty much what yes. happened there yes it was great what okay. about you all right so my number 10 is called starship poopers Oh, oh yeah. And this is this is a classic Kang and Kodos situation. <laughs> I love anything with Kang and Kodos. Me too. Yeah, and uh, so essentially what ends up happening is Maggie sprouts her first tooth, and it's just one single fang in the in the the front of her mouth. And oh they, yeah. <laughs> they end up finding out that Marge was impregnated by Kang or Kodos, whichever one is, because they're brother and sister, but you don't ever know which one is what sex, and so, or which one's the brother or sister. So you never really know. And they basically, it, Maggie ends up sprouting like squid legs and like runs all over the, the house and is away from them. They go on Jerry Springer to work this out for some reason because, uh, I mean, the people of Springfield on Jerry Springer just seems, I mean, that's pretty right on cue, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty. And so they go on Jerry Springer to work it out. And, you know, Maggie flips out. Homer is just being one of those classic dads like, well, she's not my kid, you know, kind of thing. He's just really <laughs> digging in. And uh, it, it's just one of those that it doesn't really miss in any way, shape or form because it has them all communally doing something together and trying to figure something out. So I love this episode or this panel of this episode. Uh, Starship Poopers, that's my number 10. Fair enough. Fair okay. enough. Okay. All right. So number nine. Uh, okay. To full disclosure, I haven't watched this in a while. I just remember it. Um, but I'm gonna go with uh, one of the older ones. I think this might have even been on like the very first Treehouse of Horror. But um, the one where they do um, Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Hell yeah. Okay. Bart is the Raven. Yes. <laughs> so he's like. He's moaning uh, and groaning over losing Lenore, and so he has this picture of Lenore, and it's Marge, and so it's just like, 
yeah, he's speaking in prose, and then Bart comes in as the as the Raven. He just keeps saying, "Nevermore, nevermore, nevermore," just just flying around, just antagonizing Homer. And so Homer's rhyming as he's like, so he's like talking through the poem um, as it was written by Edgar Allan Poe, and they just made it into an episode of, of, of the, Simpsons. the Simpsons, which seems pretty accurate because I mean, you can just picture Homer trying to strangle this raven like he strangles bart of course is so and this is outside of the episode where lisa does the diorama and all that this that's that's a separate episode right yes yeah because that's the tall tale heart they're talking about because she's heart yeah Yeah, that that was one i I think that was like that's just a regular regular episode it wasn't a treehouse of horror yeah I always get that one mixed up, but I, I love that episode too. And it could borderline be a Halloween episode because Lisa basically is trying to compete with the smart girl in class. And it could be, you know, I, I love the the condescending dad who's like trying to make her do the anagram. She can't do it as quickly as he can. He's <laughs> like, "Here, have a ball." <laughs> so unbelievable. Yeah, no, this is a great episode. This this I thought that the first few that they really hit on most of them, and I don't think this one was any different. I love the dynamic here. I, I'm that's a great number nine choice. All right. All right. So my number nine is called the Thing and I. Oh man, that's a great one. Yeah. So the Thing and I <laughs> involves Hugo. Now Hugo, <laughs> apparently you find so you find out in this episode that Bart was born as a Siamese twin, and Doctor Hibbert Doctor Hibbert plays a huge part in this role in this episode for some reason, and they split him apart. And they make Hugo live up in the attic. And Homer takes fish heads up to Hugo every couple of days to feed him, which is just unbelievable. <laughs> and, you know, of course, they end up finding out that Hugo lives up there. And the, Hugo gets loose and they go on this hunt to find Hugo. And, at the, you know, at the end, the best part is the way they wrap this up so seamlessly where uh, Dr. Hibbert just happens to m- mention that the scar was on the left and, and that they find out that Bart was not the evil twin and that it was Hugo. So then they just switch him. And just put Bart up in the attic and just put Hugo down. Keep Hugo. Yeah. (laughs) I think my favorite line from that episode is whenever Marge and Homer leave to go find Hugo because they know he's loose and they come back and Lisa and Bart have already found him. And uh, Homer's just like, we found Hugo. He was boarding a plane to Switzerland. And oh, oh, (laughs) I sent you that the other day. And I'm glad I, I'm glad I did because it just, the way he catches himself, like, oh, it's just great. And the fact that they thought that he would have taken off for Switzerland and didn't do anything what was about he it. What doing in Switzerland? I have no idea. They're just all of it was unreal. But it just it's a very classic Homer kind of being clueless of the moment type situation. And, you know, the fact that they realize that Bart's actually the evil one. And then the end is him, Hugo, just eating like fish heads at the table. And, you know, it fish just. Fish heads, fish heads. Uh, it's just so strange. <laughs> It really is. He's taking his fish heads up to there. That yeah. was actually my number eight. So okay. Great segue. Okay. Well, that's perfect. Well, and the other thing is, um, I love that they, so they had separated them and everything. And, you know, they just seem so surprised. And Hugo has this big plan to put him and Bart back together. And he practices by sewing a pigeon and a rat together and calls it a pigeon rat. <laughs> and it like flies into the wall and then it tries to crawl into a hole and it can't <laughs> so many ridiculous things oh, yeah so, so it's good so that was your number eight then yes okay yeah so then we're on to my number eight yep. so this feels low in the list and tell me if you think it is uh my number eight is the shinning 
Okay, yeah, that that is way further down on my list. Okay. Uh, we could wait and talk about that one when we get to your list if you if you'd rather do that. Um, but this one this one is really really transcendent across a lot because I think of how epic the you know basing it on on the shining is and just some of the lines we get to but we'll we'll wait since it's further on down the list we'll break our own rule right out of the gate and get further okay. on down the list if you'd like okay fair enough okay so let's move so on. number seven on number seven uh my number seven is Homer cubed okay which is where he uh I don't know what he's doing, but he's fishing around behind the bookcase or well, something. And he reaches into the wall. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I remember because this is further down on my list, but that's okay. We can talk about it here. Um, okay. He's trying to get away from Patty and Selma coming that's over. That's what it was. Yes. And so uh, he like finds himself in like this thir- three-dimensional like grid. He just goes through a wormhole. He's like, yeah, I'll take my chances hole. on the other side. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like that episode when he's with... Uh, Ned Flanders at the cider factory. Yeah. It's like, you can stay, but I'm leaving. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Okay, good. Anyway, so then he he finds himself in this third dimension. He's, I mean, obviously alarmed. He doesn't know what to think. And so it's got like, it's got like a street sign on this grid. And like, he's like hanging on to it because he's being sucked into a black hole. And so... Nobody can figure out where Homer's gone. They can hear his voice, but like half of Springfield is at the house trying to figure out what happened to him. So he's like, I'm in a place where I've never been before. And Patty and Selma are like, oh, a shower. (laughs) (laughs) I'm somewhere where I don't know where I am. (laughs) I'm somewhere where I don't know where I am. And Marge answers that question with, are you in the towel closet again? Like, (laughs) like... So many things about that. The first, he doesn't recognize he's in a towel closet. The second, he's in a towel closet. Just all of that greatness. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Flanders is up on the ladder looking around the room trying to see if he can see him. But, I mean, (laughs) you know, can't see anything. Love when he's like, has anybody ever seen that movie Tron? (laughs) Everyone's like, nope, nope, nope. Yes. Wait, no. (laughs) No. No. So the the episode ends with him getting sucked into. Well, Bart goes into the dimension to try and save him. Right. So Homer gets sucked into this black hole, and Bart can't save him. So I'm I'm presuming that Bart somehow finds his way out of this dimension, and we we don't know. It's kind of almost like this alternate Simpsons reality. Well, they like they tied a rope to Bart so they could that's pull him out, and okay. Homer threw a cone, and that's what collapsed the whole world. That's what it was. And uh, one of our listeners just just put this quote in our chat on Facebook, so I'm going to read it out because it's perfect timing for this. But the world starts to collapse within itself, right? And Bart says, you know, Dad, hey, you know, jump, just jump over the hole to the other side. And Homer just goes, piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> Tries to jump, misses it completely. And then he's just like, crap, 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 crap. Yeah. So the best part of this whole little mini episode, and I think this is how the entire episode ends, is he ends up in like reality, like human reality. Mm-hmm. He like falls into this dumpster, but he's still himself as like a cartoon character. And so he's kind of like walking around. And he's just like, ah. 
he's just like really really creeped out and then all of a sudden he looks to his right and he sees this bakery and he's just like "Ooh, erotic cakes yeah it's an erotic cake back uh factory and, and then that's the end of the episode yeah so like what that's another one of those things where it feels like they wanted to put an erotic cake type situation into the episode couldn't figure out where to do it let's throw Which it here they did eventually in yep. one of the later episodes they had it to where marge got duped into going and working for an erotic cake shop so. That's a great one, too. Um, yeah, so I love this episode because I love that Wiggum is trying to help solve the case. Can't do it. Just not even close to it. Um, I love that Homer is like, he's like, well, I, I need to make the most of this 3D world. And so he scratches his ass and burps as loud as he can. And that's a classic. And, <laughs> you know, the, the whole thing of them just trying to figure out what's going on. And, like, in this show, they fall into different dimensions and crap like that way more often than it even feels like. And this is exactly one of those situations. And they have it drawn out on the wall of the actual wormhole and everything. And an interesting factoid is that Homer actually landed in a dumpster in a a town called Sherman Oaks, California, which is just outside of Los Angeles, which is Uh just near where they write the show. So, like, he. Oh, interesting. I forget exactly how that's identified, but there's a way that that's identified somewhere. And it's a sight gag or something like that. But I actually looked that up because, or I noticed that whenever I was looking into this episode a little bit because, I mean, it, it is pretty fitting that he would fall into, into a dumpster in L.A. <laughs> it just seems fat. Pretty uh, gross. Uh, yeah, pretty fitting for sure. And he's just this like, and everybody's just kind of looking at him like, what the hell? Because he's still the 3D version of himself, but he just looks really freaked out and like, uh, uh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Truly. And then All it right. just ends and you don't really know like what, <laughs> there's no real resolution on it. Yep. All right. Yep. So that's that was your number seven, right? Correct. All right. So my number seven is another great one. It is Nightmare Cafeteria. Oh yeah. Okay. So did, so did that make your list at all? It did not. Okay. But I know which one you're talking about. So Nightmare Cafeteria is a great Skinner episode. Uh, basically, Skinner decides that uh, detention hall is becoming too overcrowded, and Lunch Lady Doris has been reduced to serving grade F meat in the cafeteria. So basically, Skinner decides that they're going to start grinding up the children and start feeding them to the other children, just straight cannibalism. I don't know how he gets there. I really don't. Doesn't he cook Uter and he calls it like Bratwurst Day or like German yeah. food Day? Oh, yeah. Day? Well, they Jimbo goes first and then Uter's second. And then Uter fed the whole school for like a week. <laughs> Even oh, my God. <laughs> poor Uter. Oh, Uter gets the shit kicked out of him consistently. Um, but yeah, so everybody's running around. It, it basically gets into a situation where like Millhouse, Bart, and Lisa are the only kids left. And, you know, it, they fall into this giant food processor type thing. And Bart wakes up from a nightmare. And that's, that's what ended up being the whole thing. But uh, any of these with Skinner or Flanders are really, really good because they never really play the same character that they actually are. Yes. Like, yes. say what you want. Skinner would never have the balls to do anything like that. Correct. But he also, he's kind of shifty. I mean, he's stolen an identity before. And, you know, like, That's he's true. not exactly the most forthright cat either. So, I don't know. That's fair. So, That's I love fair. this episode. It's a great one. That is, that is a good one. I mean, looking back on it, that probably could have made my list and been, like, an honorable mention. I was surprised right. that wasn't on your list, to be honest. So, I'll be, I'm, I'm fascinated to know what the rest of yours is. Yeah, I got some. I got some other uh, good ones on here. Okay. So my my number six, uh, we'll we'll call this one number six. Um, the Omega Man. Wait, aren't we on seven? 
Are we on seven? We're on seven. House of Wax, The Raven, Homer 3, Thing and I. Okay. Oh, and then we had one that matched. Okay. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, yeah. so we're on, are we on seven? Yeah, that was my seven. Okay. So, um, what was 10, 9, 8, 7? I'm putting check marks next to the ones that I talked about. Yep, that's what we do here. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember where I'm at. Well, it, okay. It's hard to rank these, too, because when you, while you know the clear number one, they, they can all be moved around a lot. All right, let's just go ahead and talk about the Omega Man. We'll okay, yeah, sounds good. Even. So the Omega Man is when there is a bomb that hits Springfield. And so um, Homer, like, hides a, a somehow, not not intentionally, but um, ends up in this, like, bomb shelter. Well, let me, I'll set a little more context. Okay, so Quimby makes a frog joke that offends the French really badly for some oh, reason. Oh, I forgot that. So that's, so that's what starts off the whole thing, which is a great subplot throughout this whole thing. And so everybody starts getting scared. Homer, quote unquote, builds a bomb shelter, which is a box that says USA that has a, a b- umbrella on top of it. And so they convince him he needs to go look at storage shelters and or uh, uh, you know like shelters like bomb shelters. And so he goes to Herman's shop. You know that damn guy who runs the yeah, pawn shop with one arm. Shop. Yeah, that guy's so creepy. And he uh, he goes into one of those things and is like checking it out, reading the Gary Larson calendar for some reason. That's what it was. And eats a bunch of the supplies and then so on and so forth. So that's how he gets a into there. MREs. Yeah. So he comes out and everybody's dead. <laughs> Oh, the French bombed us is what happened. Do what? The French bombed him is what ended up happening. Yeah. 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 The French bombed him. Everybody's dead. So except for Homer. Except for Homer. So my favorite part of this episode is where like, I mean, I guess he's been wanting to do this for a while and he finally gets a chance to do it. So it cuts to him at the front of the church. He's naked except for his skivvies. <laughs> and he's got he's got war playing and he's just like war. What is it good for? Just like dancing around like a maniac. And this this, this is the one with the zombies, right? So yes. they all start coming back from the dead. Oh, yeah. So then he starts getting chased by like Mo as a zombie and Flanders and all them. I'm trying to think of what another, ends up. Another great situation where Flanders isn't Flanders. He's a zombie and they're like, it's just a whole gang of them. Like Wiggum's involved and everything. Yeah. So what ends up happening was that. It turns out that they had so many layers of lead paint on their house that it basically it, turned the house into a bomb shelter. That's what it was. I think I think this is the one where like he he gets out of the bomb shelter to back up a little bit. And he's like, poor little Marge, yes. little Bart, little Lisa, and the rest. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all like playing baseball and like all and the rest is like Maggie and the cat and the dog. And the TV set. The TV set. Yeah, he's really upset about that. Yeah, absolutely. This is yeah, like there's so many, so many like great subplots in this, especially with the frogs and all that, because of course Quimby stands behind his frog joke, you know, it gets them all blown up. And I also love whenever Homer comes up to the intersection and it's obviously Kirk who got absolutely nuked. Oh, yeah. And he's sitting there waiting on a green it's there, you know, stopped at a red uh, green light, and Homer gets out and punches him in the head and his whole skull just disintegrates, and he's like, <laughs> That'll show him. <laughs> no idea what was happening at all. <laughs> Homer Not goes even on. the least bit concerned that he was a skeleton. No, I mean, 
And he's like hanging out of the side of the car. Like it's so <laughs> stupid. But it was very obviously Kirk Van Houten. Yeah. Very it obviously. Was. Yeah. So this was on my list a little bit higher as well. So I'm glad we got to this one. This was a, a fantastic episode. It's it all kind of fell together perfectly. It really did. And anytime that Flanders isn't Flanders, anytime that because anytime Flanders isn't Flanders, there's only one other direction to go, and it's absolute pure evil. Yep. And that's so funny. They do great at that. Okay. So with that in mind, I I know which episode you're alluding to. Is that on your list? Yeah. Uh the Omega one? No, the the one where um uh I think it's like the devil and Homer Simpson. Is that on did that make your list? Oh no, it did not actually. Okay, that's an honorable mention for me. Okay. But that's a Talk perfect that example one. of um Flanders just going polar opposite and turning into the devil. So is that the one when they go on trial? Yes. Okay, yeah. So talk about this one a little bit, if you will. Um, so Homer, like he sells his he cell a, for a donut, right? Yeah, he sold his soul for a donut. So like I think he like he wants a donut, and so Homer, or Flanders is the devil says, "I'll give you a donut in return for your soul." So Homer, <laughs> being the smartass that he is, thinks that he can eat all but like a tiny morsel of the donut. <laughs> And therefore his soul won't belong to the, to the devil. And then somehow he ends up eating it. So um, anyway, so then uh, they go on trial for right. I'm missing a step there. Like they, before the trial, I mean, they go on trial. Lionel Hutz gets involved. Yeah, well, yeah. Lionel Hutz is defending Homer. In defending this. Homer. Yeah. So they go on trial with all these. It's like a jury of the damned, and it's like Lizzie Borden and yeah. a bunch of other like notorious creatures from history. And so um, they rule in favor of Marge and say uh, that Homer's soul belongs to Marge because that was part of their marriage vows. And so right. the devil can't have his soul. And Flanders gets real defeated at the end. It's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, this is uh, this actually comes up with one of my very favorite Hutz lines because Hutz is talking. <laughs> he gets up and he's he's always one for like grandstanding and pandering as a lawyer. He's perfect skeezy lawyer, and he was on my top, like he was like I think one of my top three or four characters of all time on that show. But this is the episode where he gets up and he's like Webster's defines a contract as unbreakable, unbreakable, and then he just pauses for a minute and just goes. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> just turns around and runs out. <laughs> it's so weird. Well, they wait for a long time and then Marge goes back in. She's like knocking on the door and she's like, Mr. Hutz. Yeah. He's just she gone. She opens the door and the windows open. He's long gone. Yeah. He just always leaving those like those shysty lawyer type things. Like, you know, like and he always thinks he somehow wins. And uh, yeah, that, that one. So that, that did consider my list. I, I should have made a list of honorable mentions. That one was definitely up there though. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a great, great okay. episode. All right, so we're on six or five? I think we're on five. Okay. So, well, no, so I still have a six. So, oh, yeah, you have your six. Um, my next one is Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores. Okay, that, that would also be on my honorable mention list. Okay. Um, so this episode is, or this panel, I keep saying episode, but we're just going with that. This episode was one of the very earlier ones that I always remember when I think about Treehouse of Horrors. And this is the one whenever Homer wants to go get a colossal donut from Lardland's Donut or Lard Lad's Donut. It's the big old kid who holds up the, the donut. I, I'm trying to think of what 
like mascot that mimics. There's a mascot that's supposed to be mimicking, but I can't remember what it is. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I'd know it if I saw it. But um anyway, realizes he can't can't get it, so he basically goes outside. There's a giant sign with a kid holding the donut up. Homer takes a chain, whips it around that donut, ties it to the bumper of his car, whips it down and pulls it home with him. And it's really weird because whenever when so of course like it's a Halloween episode, so things get weird. What ends up happening is the lard lad comes alive to go look for his donut and goes and rings Homer's doorbell. He's laying in his underwear with like the with the uh, stocking cap on top of his head, but it looks like a condom, which is always really weird. <laughs> and he's just drinking a beer in his underwear, laying inside the big donut in the living room. And it's just like, why are you doing this? And <laughs> so anyway, long story short, that the that big old mascot sign thing gets pissed off and then all the other ones in town come alive and they start just bashing and, and tearing up everything is that a, is that pretty utter accurate? mayhem just yeah. absolute mayhem and the one way to not to not you know let this happen is just to not pay attention to these things and they all just die which is a ridiculous thing but i mean it's, it's totally a, a preposterous premise it is but they're also ads they're advertisements and if nobody pays attention to them they die so it kind of makes that's sense that's a great point yeah okay. it, it's never just thought one of, of it like that no me neither until just recently when i was like it does make sense it's a like you said it's completely preposterous but it's it's a great it's a great premise and so i love it whenever the lard lad rings the doorbell and is like you know looking for the doorbell or he the, they'll tear up everything in the house or the in the city and he rings the doorbell at Homer's house, just ding dong, <laughs> and you can hear you him like see this marching giant in. Eye, yeah, like, <laughs> he's like leaning down. Flanders has it, and so he goes over there, and <laughs> tears <laughs> off the roof of Flanders' house, then ding dong again, and Homer opens the door. He's like, "What?" You know, just so irritated. And you see Flanders run through the background, "Help me, Lord!" <laughs> so great, so great every oh time. Um, but yeah, so. That's the mascot one when they all come alive. That's one of the very first ones I always think of. It's a great one. Attack of the 50-foot eyesores. Number six for me. Okay. Number five for me is Clown Without Pity. Ooh. Okay. This is was that, in my honorable mentions. Okay. So this is the one. Uh, oh, gosh. This is just such a classic episode. I feel like I see this all the time. Maybe it's just because it's this time of the year and I follow a lot of Simpsons accounts. But um so this is when um, it's Bart's birthday, I believe. And Homer is trying to find a present for Bart. And he knows that Bart loves Krusty. So he goes to find him a Krusty doll, but he finds it at this really creepy, like enchanted. <laughs> like a tent or voodoo, something. Voodoo tent. Yeah. Some like yeah. gypsy type situation. Yeah. Gypsy type situation is a great way to describe it. Cause it's got like shrunken heads and all kinds of bullshit. So um, he buys this this clown and the shopkeeper is like, okay, but beware, the clown is cursed. And it, <laughs> but it comes with a free Frogert. So <laughs> Homer's like, well, that's good. <laughs> it's like, but the something like the, well, it keeps going back and forth and it's like the top you get it's your choice of topping the toppings contain potassium benzoate and the homer just kind of pauses <laughs> the guy goes that's bad <laughs> like, can i go now <laughs> so he comes home with the doll and grandpa somehow knows that the the clown is evil and he warns them that the clown's evil and they all just brush him off because he's grandpa and so anyway bart loves it everything's going great um 
next thing you know, Homer's taking a bath and then the clown comes in. He's like trying to kill him. So, or no, was that before yeah, no, that? The- he was sitting on the couch and the clown starts talking to him. He's like, my name is Krusty and I, I'm going to kill you. And he's just like, <laughs> and then he's like, no, I'm going to kill you. Homer Simpson. He starts chasing him with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. So then, uh, yeah, that's, and then at that point later on, that's whenever he's taking the bath and the clown comes in and tries to kill him again. So he runs through the house and he's like, Marge, Marge, the clown's trying to kill me and the toaster's been laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so they call some, I mean, I didn't even know that this thing existed, but they call like a doll technician out to the house. Yeah. No, it's, that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yep. Sure enough. You got this thing set to evil. So he like flips the switch on Krusty's back and then he becomes good again. And the, I mean, that yeah, and then, he, and then he just like goes and lives with Malibu Stacy. Yeah. Like, why does that happen? Like what? Like the, it had one of the most preposterous endings I've seen where it just, it wrapped into just like, Oh, this was what was wrong. And that was it. It was very almost unlike these Halloween episodes. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed almost just a little bit haphazard, but yeah. Anyway, it's a great without one. pity number five. Okay, that's an earlier one too. That's like the third one or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's like season three or four. I can't remember which one. Okay, um, I almost I'm almost certain this is going to be on your list. Um, so this comes from the fifth one, and this one is called Time and Punishment. Yes. Is this yes. on your list? Yes, it is. Okay. Do we want to wait till we get to your list to talk about this? We we can sure okay we we can talk about that in the shinning. Let's do that. Okay. All right. So number four for me, um, I gotta go with a nightmare on Evergreen Terrace. Okay. This this so, was an honorable mention for me. Okay. Interesting. I thought this would have been on your list. So this is where, uh, <laughs> this is where uh, groundskeeper Willie starts haunting the children in their dreams. Yes. So it all starts with. Uh, a PTA meeting in the middle of March, yeah. <laughs> which is like a made up month. Because so, they ordered the wrong calendars, right? Isn't that what it was? Yeah. yeah. So Homer's like walking into the meeting. He's like lousy March weather. <laughs> so anyway, they're sitting there having a discussion about like what they're being, what the kids are being served for lunch. And like Homer starts cranking up the, the temperature. Meanwhile, Ho- uh, Willie it's getting absolutely boiled to death. And so he catches on fire, I guess, because he's near like the furnace, the school, uh, but Homer ignored the, the thermostat to begin with and said, don't touch Willie, like a, a hyphen Willie. And he reads it as don't touch Willie. And then he just goes, good advice. Yeah. <laughs> and cranks it up anyway. So Willie starts boiling and he starts up uh, and he catches on fire and so he's running around. He comes into the classroom. They're still and like uh, Kirk Van Houten's like sitting there talking about how he doesn't like the idea of Millhouse having spaghetti twice in a row on one day. <laughs> like he's the most responsible parent know, out there, right? Yeah. Seriously, it's like where do you get the ass? So uh, anyway, so uh, he's just sitting there like in flames, <laughs> and then he finally like burns up. And he said, I'm going to haunt your children where they can least uh, defend themselves in their dreams. And so then he like disintegrates into ash and then like cleans himself up with like a broom and dustpan <laughs> somehow. <laughs> so then, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the broom and dustpan just comes together and, and cleans they it come up. They come together and they clean them up. So um, 
he starts haunting Bart in his dreams and like he shows up as like a Freddy Krueger type character and he just kind of manifests in a bunch of different ways so like um finally Bart gets so freaked out that he gets Lisa involved so Lisa it's almost like this inception type type uh storyline right so lisa joins him in his dream and they fight back against uh groundskeeper willie so he like turns into like a tractor mower and he turns into like a a, a spider that's made of bagpipes yep. <laughs> like all this stuff so he gets them wrapped up in in his uh in his clutches or in his grasp whenever he's the, the bagpipe spider and it's almost curtains for Bart and Lisa because if you die in your dream, you die in real life. Right. So, um. Anyway, uh, Maggie somehow made makes her way into the dream, and she's the one that saves them both because she takes her pacifier and sticks it in like his blowhole, and then he just explodes. And then they wake up. Yeah, that that's the most the way that it all like kind of culminates with him just exploding like the bagpipes is just amazing. Yeah, he gets stuck in the sandboxes, the tractor. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. This is a great one. I like this episode. I've never been the biggest Willie guy, and I think that's where I differ on this one a bit from you. Is just I don't I get his humor. He is really funny, but he just he's not on my list. That's fair. Of top ones. Um all right, so I think this is a perfect place to take a quick break and uh, read the ad real quick. So we're going to do that. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. All right. I guess I'm next on the list, huh? Yep. All right. So my number four where we're at uh-huh. is citizen king oh okay great yeah this is this is on your list, list uh-huh. okay um citizen king since we're getting closer to the end we'll just talk about it now yeah, yeah yeah um citizen king is one of my favorite episodes of this show or like one of my favorite series of things that happens on this show ever and it has only gotten more and more relevant with time and I, this is where you really learn a lot more about Kane and Kodos. So, throw it back. Homer is out fishing for some reason and gets abducted by Kane and Kodos. And basically, they discover that they want him to point him towards the Earth's leader. Well, they're in the middle of an election cycle that's between Bill Clinton or Bob Dole. And they essentially, <laughs> they essentially kidnap both of them, put them in these like suspended animation tube things, which just like they're completely naked, but it blocks their crotch perfectly, like just like it would on this show. And they basically assume their form through what they call bioduplication. And so they assume they're like bodies. And so it's basically the aliens inside of Bob Dole and Bill Clinton. And they're walking around town, like things are starting to get really like confusing because they're like they're holding hands as candidates and they're like, you know, making speeches. And this is one of my favorite things where you get, uh, it, it was, uh, Bill Clinton or it was Bob Dole up there speaking and, and they're like abortions for all. And everybody's like, boo. And he's like abortions for none. Boo. And then finally he ends up on, he's like, well, uh, abortions for some little, uh, little red American flags for the rest of it. Everybody's yay! like, yay! You know, like that. You know, of course, it's just that middle politics thing. It has a great way of intermixing just sleazy ass fucking politics into The Simpsons. Yeah. And, you know, you, you get into this situation where basically they, they get, they, they don't have, they, they basically figure out what's going on. They don't have a third 
like candidate to vote for. It's got to be one or the other. And of course, they're like, oh, well, what if we just vote for a third party candidate? And they're like, and throw your vote away? Go <laughs> for it. You know, like, <laughs> just and, which is so true. It's just so true. You know, and um, there's another quote I love. I'm pulling it up here. Is there anything you want to add to this episode? No, I love whenever uh, Bob Dole's being taken up into the spaceship and you just hear him go, oh, Bob Dole done like this. <laughs> yes. Referring to himself in third person like he used to. He used to do that all the time. And like there's a point. So the quote that I wanted to pull up there, and Carl loves this quote too, but they're basically, uh, this is Kodos, who is Bill Clinton. They're basically given like the political speeches during the debate. And the, the <laughs> Bill Clinton starts it off with, my fellow Americans, as a young boy, I dreamed of being a baseball, but tonight I say we must move forward, not backwards, upwards, not forward, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. And it just, that that quote gets me so often because it's so sleazy politics of like, it's, you don't want to really it's go one way or the other. but right. it still gets people riled up. I mean, the people of Springfield just eat it up. Exactly. And like, but like it, at the end of the day, you, like, if you think about just fighting over 200 and, you know, some odd years of this country of the of America in general, it it always goes one way or the other. So it always is just spinning, spinning, spinning. You're not really ever getting anywhere. And it's so like the way that they comment on actual politics and how none of that has changed even in 2019. The way they comment on it is absolutely brilliant. It's so timeless. It just gets me every single time I see this episode. Yeah, it's so and great. Of course, the towards the end or whatever when you know uh, Kang ends up winning. Or whatever, and and Marge is pissed off about how it's all going. They're all enslaved, and they're all doing all these different jobs or whatever. And you get the Homer, don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. <laughs> this is so stupid. So funny. The whole thing is so stupid. Yeah, a so great funny. episode. Yep. So Citizen Kang was my number three. So that's okay. a perfect segue. Perfect. My number three was actually the Omega Man. We already talked okay. about. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah, okay. that was a good one too. Okay. So number two. My number two, so runner-up, is Time and Punishment. Okay. So I know that this was further up on your list. This was number five for me. Number five. Okay. So this is the one where the toaster serves as like a portal for Homer to go into alternate realities. Well, he he breaks the toaster by putting his hand in it twice. Oh, my gosh. That is is the funniest scene. (laughs) It is up there. It's one of my favorite Homer scenes because he's just like running around and it's just... <laughs> he finally like gets his hand out of the toaster, and he's like, oh, oh. and then Lisa's like, "Dad, your hand's back in the toaster." <laughs> it gets me every he's single time. Running around like his hand in the toaster all over again. It's just so funny. Yeah, the whole sequence plays out all over again, and so oh, he takes so it good. to the garage to fix it, and he turns it into a time machine because Homer's That's never good with with tools. Yes, so. He ends up in an alternate reality where with like dinosaurs and or not an alternate reality. He goes back in time, and uh, so he recalls what his dad told him, which I don't know why Grandpa would have. Well, this was about this. this was that scene you and I have actually recently talked about this where there's that there's that time of the Simpsons where everything Homer went back to was I remember what my dad told me on my wedding day. And the, that's what it was. And if you put all those <laughs> things together, it's just day. a nonsensical. I mean, it's all over the place. And this is one of those things. Yeah. So he tells him if he goes back in time, not to step on anything because he might change the what, butter, the butterfly effect. What yeah. the present day is. So he comes back 
and uh and like his family's doing all kinds of weird stuff and then finally he has like one reality where it's like perfectly like amazing he's got this amazing house like they're obviously very well to do and so he still freaks out and goes back uh, via the toaster back in time and and then like marge just says oh look it's raining again and it's like raining donuts i mean it's just like it would have been homer's perfect reality to live in so uh anyway he finally makes it back to what he he presumes is a normal normal future for him and his family and then come to find out they've all got like lizard tongues so they're eating like lizards and he's just like ah close, close enough. enough yeah so a couple of things happen here i'll add to that one homer smashed a, a mosquito and yep. flanders becomes evil <laughs> oh that's right i forgot about that because yeah. wasn't there a rapper that did like a, a ned flanders song like yeah. about yeah oh yeah i forget who it is but i know exactly what you're talking about yep um, he also unleashed the common cold and just killed the entire dinosaur population. They all started like collapsing. Yeah, they all did like right away. Um, and, but yeah, I love that that he gets to the end or whatever, and it's like eh, close enough. But one like every time he hits the toaster, it takes him back somewhere, and then he hits it again and it takes him back. And one of the realities he got to was that donuts didn't exist, and that just he wasn't having any of that. And then another one was the donuts raining. Or maybe that was the same one where it was raining donuts. The one okay, because yeah, they just didn't realize that rain was donuts. Right, which is so. just unbelievable. Silly. And so yeah, and then he decided on the at the end. Well, the amphibian tugs. That's that's close enough. Yeah, I, that's a good placement. I had it number five, but I could definitely I could I could make the case for it easily. Fair enough. Okay, so now we're on to our ultimate number one favorite Treehouse of Horror segment of all time. Wow. Okay, so this one. I, I know where you're at here. I already know. I don't think you're going to know where I'm at, but you're going to love where I'm no at. No idea. Um, okay. okay. So you go ahead. So my favorite is The Shinning. Okay. <laughs> the Shinning is great. That was number eight on my list. <laughs> so, uh, of course, it's a play on The Shining. So <laughs> Do you want to get uh, sued? <laughs> you want to get sued? <laughs> so great. So um, the uh, the Simpsons go on a trip to where they stay at this gigantic mansion that's owned by Mr. Burns and it's, it's haunted and they've got like the elevator with the blood and hmm. uh, <laughs> the blood gets off at the third floor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Homer slowly starts his descent into madness and this is where like the uh, he's got like like Mo is a ghost and he's talking to Mo and well anyway. they they take away TV and beer. They take away TV and beer, and so that's that's what precipitates they, this descent into madness. Right. They want him to work harder for some reason, so they take away the TV and the beer. Yep. Which is Homer's so, just absolute kryptonite. So Marge finds Homer like down in the dungeon at some point, and he's got and like the lightning flashes, and you can see that he's written all over the wall that like no TV and no beer make Homer go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So he starts uh, just chasing Marge and just acting like an absolute lunatic and uh, trying to kill the family. And, uh, oh, what happens from there? Because I know that he ends well, up in the in the snow. Right. And, and, so uh, Willie, they, can, Willie can read Bart's thoughts for some reason. And, oh, so, right. and so Bart's trying to send for help. And that's kind of what precipitates okay. them getting out of this. And then he ends up with like a little mini like TV ray, which cracks me up because I had one of these whenever I was growing up. Just like the ones that like the, the TVs that were like a radio where you had to like tune it to a certain yep. frequency in order to get it to work. So he ends up with one of those. 
And he's just like anger fading, 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 rising, fading. Yeah, as the battery starts to flicker a little bit. Yeah. And so then like they keep watching it out there in the snow with him. And it's like coming up next on the Tony Awards. And he's like urged to kill rising. rising. <laughs> yes. So that that's pretty much the long and short of that episode. It's so a perfect was, one. It really is. It's well done. It touches on the right, like because Mr. Burns is the perfect pl- person to own, like a big mansion and in, in the out there like that and everything. And it, yeah, every bit of that is fantastic. So I like that. I, like I said, that was a little bit later on my list, but still a good episode. Um, I don't know that I told you my number two. My number two was the Homer cubed one, where he goes into the ultimate oh, reality. Okay, sorry, yeah. we just totally skipped. No, no that. worries. Uh, but we had already talked about it, so it's not a huge deal. Um, okay. All right. So my number one is called Fly versus Fly. Okay. So what happens is <laughs> several things in this episode, and this is quintessential a great Homer episode. But Homer goes to a garage sale, and it's <laughs> a Mr. F- Mr. Uh, uh, Professor Frinks, and buys a matter transporter, and it's literally just this one th- like porta potty looking thing you walk into, and it puts you out on the other side, and. Homer tries to make a deal for him, and he's like, oh, five bucks, and it only transports matter. Hmm. <laughs> he's like, I'll give you 35 cents, and he's like, sold. And, you know, and, and so what ends up happening is uh, Homer's using it all over the house for just ridiculous things, like he doesn't want to go up and down the stairs, and so he, you know, he's trying to show the family how it works. He's like, you know, it used to be that you know, climbing the stairs was a, was a chore, but not anymore, and he walks through that thing, and his ass is on fire when he comes out. He's, good night, losers, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, just real proud of himself. Uh, and then he also uses it to reach through to the... He puts one in front of the refrigerator and one next to the couch so he can just reach through and grab a beer. And he accidentally drinks the cat's ear medicine, which is exactly so like gross. a beer can, which is very much like Homer not to look at the can of something he's about to drink. That's just not surprising. But of course he thinks it's good when he drinks it. So, you know, whatever. It's disgusting. Uh, so but what ends up happening is uh, Bart pushes the dog and the cat into it at the same time. And so what you end up having is a cat-dog situation come out where you have the cat and the dog combined into one body, and then you have another pet that's like the asses just of the, it. Just the tails. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, you can be Lisa's. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it makes no sense whatsoever. And so basically Bart decides that he's going to go in there because it commingled their, their DNA is what ends up happening. And Bart goes in there with a fly and comes out half person, half fly. And so you have this body of Bart running around with like a fly head on it that's just like an absolute savage. Acts like a fly. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got Bart, who's this tiny little fly that's just like a fly with Bart's head on it. And, you know, he's trying to get their attention. He flies into Lisa's saxophone so she can see, you know, the outline of his head because his head's so specific. And, um, yeah, they end up like having to, to treat the normal fly as Bart for a while. And I, they end up getting them able to get them back in there and get them, you know, pushed back through, and they basically swap DNA again. But Homer just freaks out on Bart, and he's like, you know, I spent thirty five cents on this, and you know, strangles him and does the whole thing, just from start to finish. Everything about this episode is absolutely fantastic. Great, great choice. Was that on your honorable mentions or anything? It's on my honorable mention. Okay, that's a good one. Okay, and so the last thing that we did here to wrap everything up is we did our favorite overall just episode of all three panels being our favorite one. So I'll let you go with that one. Okay. Um, I liked this episode. I don't know that it's like my absolute favorite overall, but I think that it's interesting. So this season, like this current season, Treehouse of Horror turned 30. So okay. um, as y'all know, uh, they didn't start out doing Treehouse of Horror with the first season. 
So it started out on the second. So we're in our 31st season of Simpsons. It's the 30th Treehouse of Horror. But it also happens to be the 666th episode. Oh, my God. How so, how serendipitous. How could you not? Yeah. yeah. So this this uh, episode has a segment where they, they make a parody of Stranger Things. And oh, it's actually good. okay. I yeah. haven't seen this one. I'm going to have to go back and watch this. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Okay. So I'll get back to you this week time. about it. But uh, yeah, uh, Millhouse is the one that gets taken out of their group of friends. Of course which, he is. Of course. of course he is. Poor Millhouse. So Kirk is the one that sets up the, the lights with like the alphabet and tries to communicate with Millhouse. And so Lisa ends up going and saving him from the upside down. But yeah, definitely, definitely worth a watch. Not on par with uh, some of the ones that we've listed, but um, still really I mean, funny. I just, yeah, still pretty funny. I, I just like how how perfect it was that it, it's the thirtieth year and it's the six hundred sixty six episode for Treehouse of Horror. Did they do like a? Was that just like a full episode or was that like a three panel? It was a three panel. I can't re- remember what the okay. other two were. That's fine. But they they were pretty good. So my favorite overall was it's Treehouse Horrors number eight, and okay. it includes Omega Man, Great. which we already talked about. It includes Fly versus Fly, which we already talked about, and then the last one, which we I, this was actually kind of an honorable mention for me too, is called Easy Bake Coven, and this is yes. the one when they're back in older times and Homer's dressed up in the costume of I Dream of Jeannie for some reason, and it's the witches like it's Patty, Selma, and Marge, and they're they they basically decide to steal this children's souls, but they're in trying to figure this out. They're like, oh well, we're just going to take their shoes, but their souls <laughs> sounds like a lot better of an idea, you right. know. It's absolutely fantastic. Great. That's a great episode. I it, love that one. It really I is. Love, I love that season, too. That's just an amazing season. I think we've talked about that before. Right in the prime. It really yep. is. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that is the top 10 Treehouse of Horrors. That was awesome. It's been a lot of fun having you on. How's everything going on Just Peachy? You guys have been rocking and rolling all season. Yeah, everything's great. Yeah, it. I know that Claire's watching Southern Charm right now, which is great. So we can maybe give an update on that content here for too long. But um, yeah, just rolling with more Real Housewives drama, and we'll have more to report on this upcoming week. Good. Make sure you guys check that out. Like I said, it's called Just Peachy. It's our entertainment podcast. Caitlin and Claire do it. It's a lot of fun. I love listening to your guys' show. I have no idea what you're talking about three quarters of the time, but I love listening to it. So I'll, I'll take it. You guys great. do a great job. So we want to remind everyone to follow us on social media. That's at Sensibly Loud Media on Facebook and at Sensibly Loud on Twitter and on Instagram. We also want to remind everyone to give us a call. That number is 972-885-9361. We want to hear what you guys want us to talk about. Brandon and Carl will be back next week to do their usual thing to break down movies and TV and all that kind of stuff. Brandon's going have some cool stuff from his trip and uh caitlin thanks a lot for coming on we'll see everybody next week